0: Hello, and welcome back to Grim and Whim. In today's episode, we will be looking at paranormal tales from the true scary stories subreddit. So without further ado, let's dive into them. Our first story is titled, help me, I'm lost. I was living in a rural area in Oklahoma with my mother at a small lake house, and I'm probably around 10 or 11 at the time. One night, I'm sleeping in my room when I randomly and abruptly woke up for no reason. This was not normal for me, and I felt very uneasy. The only sound I could hear was my mother snoring in the next room on the couch. I rolled over and tried to go back to sleep. But my need to use the bathroom was growing more urgent, so I grudgingly forced myself to head that way. The bathroom is on the other side of the house, around a corner and past the kitchen, and finally down a long hallway on the right. So after I made the trip and finished my business, I flipped off the light switch and started heading back to bed. That's when I heard the distinct click of the light switch and I saw the glow of the bathroom light in the hallway. Terrified, I slowly turned around just to witness the light in the bathroom start clicking on and off. Click, 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 click. Finally, it shut completely off. In the dark of the hallway, my eyes began to make out a white shape near the end of the hall. It was around my size and crouched to the floor. At this point, I'm frozen to the spot as my mind begins realizing that no one else is home except for my mom and myself. Then the white shape began whispering in a quiet man's voice. Help me, I'm lost. I remember wanting to scream for my mom But I couldn't. Instead, I barely said, no, before this thing started running at me on what sounded like all fours. I quickly ran through the kitchen and around the corner before running to my mother, shaking her awake. I remember saying, It's coming, it's coming, and my mother's eyes going from dazed to alert in an instant. She asked me, what was going on and I saw her eyes look over my shoulder before she screamed. Remembering her scream still makes my blood run cold. Never had I heard pure terror like that in my life, even to this day. She grabs me by the arms and pulls me into my room and slams the door. (laughs) She holds me in her arms with her back pressed against the door as we listen. It sounded like this thing was running circles in the kitchen. We could hear hands and feet slapping against the tile. The kitchen had a sliding glass door to the outside, which sounded like it was thrown open when slammed. We sat there horrified until daybreak. I was sent to my grandmother's in the next town for a while after that, and never set foot in that house again. Years later, my mother said she went walking around the property after the incident and came across a small burial site with three headstones that each belonged to children from the early 1900s. It freaks me out because what I heard that night was a man's voice, but it was so unnatural. My mom still will not tell me what she saw behind me and what it was that made her scream. She tells me she's afraid it will know that we're talking about it and it will come back. This is the first of many weird things that have happened in my life. The second story is titled, Retired paramedic story time. Retired paramedic here. I had a call on a very desolate stretch of road for a car sitting in the middle of the road, covered in blood. Of course it has to happen at 2 a.m., just like every horror story. We arrive on the scene and find a new Camaro sitting in the middle of the road that had obviously been in an accident. Problem is there is absolutely nothing else around the car. No persons, no other vehicles, nothing. Part of my job then was a tactical paramedic for our sheriff's department. Sounds all exciting and high speed, low drag. Nope, not as a medic. I got paid to wait for stuff to happen and sit in the rear with the gear. This being said, my paramedic partner and I Both had pistols in the ambulance. As we start approaching the Camaro, my partner is shining a light around when he says, really low, hushed and rushed, back, 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 now, 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 now. I shined my light in the car, and there are intestines wrapped around the gear shifter and a lung in the back seat. So. We kind of freak out and call dispatch and let them know what's happening and that we are in the process of getting out of there until the cops show up, and then we see a figure appear walking down the road towards us. As he gets closer, we see he is covered in blood and gore. We both throw on our tactical vests, our helmets, and snatch our pistols as I sound like a frightened, home-alone nine-year-old on the radio to dispatch. We approach and start screaming at him to get on the ground, which he does. After everyone's heart rate is below 200 beats per minute, we start talking and figure out what happened. This guy had purchased a brand new Camaro and drove it to this desolate stretch of road to open it up. He said one minute he is shifting gears and the next thing he knows his car is all over the road and his mouth was full of blood and it seemed like an explosion had went off. I start looking over his injuries and I can't really see anything major and I ask him about the passenger in his car. He says... What passenger? My partner says, There's a lung in your back seat. This dude goes straight into mental overload and can't come up with anything. So I'm thinking he's hurt. Get him in the ambulance. Police are five minutes away. We potentially have another victim out there. And so I have to go look by myself. I walk through the crash scene, look in the car, and sure enough, intestines wrapped around the gear shifter, lung in the back seat, and looks like part of a liver, and it looks like a hand grenade went off in this car. I walked around the other side of the car and see a faint blood smear stain on the road. I walk to it and see something else further down the road, so I keep walking towards it. I finally see something on the side of the road and run up to it. I'm honestly completely freaked out and scared to death about the body I was about to see. And this dude had hit a deer. What happened is when he was winding the car out, state police estimated him well over 100 miles per hour. A deer jumped into his car's pathway and it hit the top corner of the windshield with its stomach. When the windshield crashed, it created a negative vacuum in the car, sucking almost all of the deep organs out and into his car and all over him. I had the fire department decontaminate him, wrapped him in some blankets, and took him to the hospital. For many, many years after, my wonderful 911 dispatchers happily played the recording for anyone who wished to see it. So I wanted to just interject with a quick story about deer, because where I grew up, there were a couple winding like country roads, and we did get a lot of deer in that area. Um, some of the deer pretty much stayed in, you know, our local parks, um, but there were also deer that would sometimes just wander around in residential areas. And in the town I grew up in, it was not uncommon to see just deer carcasses on the side of the road and also even on the highway, things like that. And I had my own run-in with a deer. I've actually had a couple, but this was the one that was really bad um, and nearly totaled my car. Basically, I was driving home after a shift at this restaurant I worked at. I'm driving home and it's raining there's a car that's behind me and then there's also a car that was on i think my right and basically this deer ran out into the road and to get to my house from where i was on this road i needed to turn left into the turn lane and so basically this deer runs in the middle middle of the road I can't brake because it's raining really hard. There's a car that's right behind me. And I know if I brake, I'm going to get rear-ended. I can't go to a different lane, like over to the right, because there's another car right there. And so I basically, in this split second, I knew that this steer wasn't gonna stop running at my car. And so I just had to get into the turn lane and Either hit it or try to avoid it, but I couldn't break. And so I get into this turn lane, and the deer is still running at my car and ends up colliding with my car. It died. There was blood everywhere. And there was also like tufts of deer hair stuck in my, like the front of my car, like in some of the crevices, like, you know where the hood, you know, goes down, it was so gross. And I was so mad, because I had to obviously pay to get it fixed. And luckily, it wasn't too, too bad. It wasn't crazy damage, but it did really like it dented the front of my car. I mean, it was a huge dent. And yeah, that kind of stuff happens all the time. And so I'm not a huge fan of deer. I think they're cute. But honestly, They are so flighty and stupid and they just run into the road and it's so stressful when they do that, especially when you're on like old country roads or it's raining or snowing. It's just like, oh my gosh, like they just always do the craziest stuff. And so, yeah, that's my story. But anyway, back to our regular scheduled program. Mm -hmm. Our final story is titled, I work in a haunted mansion, literally. I'm a behavioral health technician. I got a new job back in September at what's considered a luxury drug and alcohol rehab facility. The facility is a huge mansion that on the outside looks like a mix of the Banks, Bel Air Mansion on Fresh Prince, or a mini White House. It has three levels, has 13 rooms that all have private bathrooms with jacuzzi tubs, there's a gym, three living room areas, and a huge commercial kitchen. It also has a ballroom slash yoga studio, a doctor's office, a huge garden, and an elevator. My first week, I had two clients tell me it's haunted, and I laughed it off. My schedule is 11pm to 7.30am, so the majority of the time, all of my clients are asleep and it's just me and a nurse in this huge house, so it's quiet. My office is on the second floor, and the nurse's office along with the kitchen and the huge pantry are on the first floor. The pantry is locked at all times, and the nurse has the key. A couple of weeks ago, the nurse came stomping up the stairs yelling at me, saying that I scared her hiding in the pantry. I'm lost because I hadn't left my office. And when I tell her that, she goes pale. And she's like, you weren't just in the pantry and yelled knock knock? I say no, how could I be when you have the key? She walks out about 10 minutes later And I hear her talking, so I go down to her office and she's down on her knees, praying in Punjabi. At 6am, the chef and the handyman clock in and ask, how was our night? And I jokingly say that, Casper scared Nurse J in the pantry. The chef says, ooh, that's K, if it was in the pantry. I'm like, WTF? He then goes on to tell me that he's worked there for about 15 years, and it used to be a retirement home, so lots of residents actually passed away here. He named off certain residents and where their ghost had been staying, and he said that they've always been kind, not malicious-type hauntings. Nurse Jay put in her two-week notice and is no longer here. I hear footsteps lights flickering, and the fireplaces randomly come on, but I haven't had anything actually speak to me, like Nurse J. Thank you so much for joining me. It's goodbye for now, but I hope to haunt you again soon.